Hey guys, uh, so this episode, we're going to be talking about hard stuff. Um, so basically, uh, today we have Dayton. Uh, Dayton, if you like to say hi, just real quick. Hello. Um, yeah, today we have Dayton, really cool guy. He did a lot of research before we came on the podcast. Um, love, uh, I would love if you guys gave him some love in the comments or whatever. Um, reviews, I don't really know. But uh, yeah, it's a really interesting episode today. We're going. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot, like a lot of world problems that we're having, uh, that the world's in right now, and it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be an hour and 30, uh, 30 minutes, but it's a really fun hour and thirty minutes. Um, we talk about uh, di- going to different planets, uh, what we can do to fix trash and stuff on the planet, and no. basically people in general. Anyways, without any further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go to the podcast itself. And peace. Okay, so hey guys, um, just want to say hi to you guys. I'm recording today. We have Dayton. Uh, Dayton. Uh, he's here, my friend. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff. A lot of uh, just to get us straight before. Uh, if you guys don't agree with us and some some of the stuff we say, you know, we're not trying to. Uh, you know, get things political in here, and we're just trying to have a good time, you know, talk about some things that interest us, um, we're gonna have a couple topics that we're gonna cover, um, something along the lines of, like, uh, Earth, and, like, ending, and stuff like that, and we're just gonna do a lot of stuff that just, you know, comes natural, it's gonna be a nice little, po- uh, podcast we're gonna do here, but anyways, without any further ado, uh, Dayton, would you like to say hi? Hi. Yeah, um, so basically, just to like start it off here, I like we were talking, and we uh, there's no well, earlier on, we were talking about how we think like the earth came to be, and like things like that. And you know, we were, uh, we were making some good points, and like, so let's just start off with like a first topic of uh, like, could we find a alien? Which, when I say aliens, I don't mean green-headed people or whatever. I mean people that are people or whatever that um, that come from a different planet. And, you know, I'll just in a second. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, Ben, we were trying to say aliens, but... Yeah, it's, it's technically an alien, but, like... You know, it's more uh, more or less mostly a um, something as along the lines of just you know extraterrestrial stuff. Um, and so, uh, Oxford Dictionary says an alien, uh, alien is an adjective belonging to a foreign country or nation, or a foreign, especially one that is not a natural citizen of the country where they're living. So those are you know that, but yeah. I think it's just the not native part is, uh, is uh, one of the most important. So, like we were talking earlier, I mean, what did you say that one zone is that Earth and other planets need to be to, um, you know, ha- uh, to have life on them? So, that zone's called the Goldilocks zone. There's a scientific whatever, but most people know it as the Goldilocks zone. It's where it has the right temperature. It's not too cold but not too warm. It has good atmospheric... whatever. But it's... 
mainly about like you gotta be in the Goldilocks zone to be able to live there to where you won't burn up or you won't freeze to death. So mm-hmm. Earth is in the Goldilocks zone. It's Earth's habitable because it has water and food, obviously. But if for another like whatever animal or I'm gonna call it alien needs to live, it needs to have some water or food. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And um, uh, those are the most important parts to a planet. Oh, I, all of that is important. And a, uh, and to have life on, we are so blessed to have this planet. To have life on a planet is so rare. And the fact that we haven't found any planet that's ever had one yet. And I know um, the, uh, the recent rover that's going out to Mars is, um, it is a, uh, like, uh, they're actually testing for um, livable things inside the atmosphere and uh, soil. And they're going to do like uh, drilling and stuff. Um, yeah. So I think, like, I think just basically on that, I think, uh, what was it? That I, there, I don't think that there will be anything on Mars. And uh, I'm not correct in Mar- uh, correct, uh, correct. Mars's temperatures can vary greatly. I'll look it up in a second. But, like, yeah. And, you know, another thing on the alien topic is that, like, we have such a thing. We actually sent out a, uh, a, uh, like, it's called the Golden Record. It is a, I'm pretty sure it's a golden uh, golden record that was that was etched out and it has instructions on how to play uh let me see here i have it looked up right now um play uh, pioneers 10 and 11 which preceded voyager uh both carried small metal pl- uh, plaques identifying their name and place of origin for the benefit of any other spacefarers this might find them in the distant future with its example before them nasa uh, placed a more ambitious message aboard Voyager 1 and 2, a kind of time capsule, quote, um, intended to communicate a story of our world to extraterrestrials. Um, the, uh, the Voyager message is carried by a phonograph record, a 12-inch gold-plated copper disc containing sounds of ima- uh, images and, sele- uh, and selected to portray the diversity of life and culture on Earth. And, and so I feel like I feel like if we were to send a uh, something like that out to space for on a thing of Voyager, for example, which if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Voyager is um, coming to past Mars right now or something like that. Uh, not Mars, I mean Jupiter. <laughs> but you know. Um, it's really far, and like I think just a lot about it is it's really interesting that we sent something all the way out there, and uh, it's still out there. Of course, it hasn't launched, uh, hasn't hit a planet because I think we would have uh, predicted that. But uh, right here it says it's uh, Voyager One is a space probe that was launched by NASA on September fifth, two 
1977, part of Voyager program to study the outer space solar system. Voyager 1 was launched uh, 16 days after its twin, Voyager 2. Um, which also makes me kind of confused that they would send Voyager 1 uh, 16 days after Voyager 2. But, you know, it's just probably so if they could both get out. Anyways, uh, it costed uh, 20, uh, $250 million uh, in, uh, in American USD. So, like, yeah, I, I, I think, like, it also has a speed of uh, 17 kilometers per second. Which, I mean, that's not measuring miles per hour because, of course, the rest of the world uses metric and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty fast. Uh, I would guess around 10 miles per, uh, per second, something like that. But, you know, um, things like that. We've sent out things to um, go and basically figure out exactly what is, uh, if we have aliens and, you know, and like the, the golden record, uh, to go talk to aliens, which I don't believe it's found anything yet, but, you know, there's been a lot of efforts in that, and I think at the rate that we've been going, not only are we gonna ruin this world, but, you know, we're also gonna probably find extraterrestrial life, um, yeah, and it's just, I feel like this is going to happen at some point, but, and some people are worried, you know, some people are paranoid that, you know, something will happen, let's say, for example, um, the, uh, the aliens, in quotes, um, will uh, try to conquer, which, you know, <clears throat> why would you do that? Anyways, um, but, you know, I, I'm not really that worried, and the chances of it happening in my lifetime is... I, I, you know, there's no real statistics to my knowledge, but they're probably not that high. Uh, Dayton, do you have anything on the subject? Yes, so, I, this is going back to the habitable planet. I heard that there was a, I don't know the name of this planet, it's something like, it has a ton of numbers and I think it starts with a K, but Javon can look that up. It is habitable, it's in the Goldilocks zone, but... It's in a different solar system. So there's, it's, I think the sun it has is a red dwarf sun star. Mm-hmm. So it's. What is, uh, what is the zone called again? Goldilocks zone. And it has water by the looks of it. So, mm-hmm. didn't, like, NASA or something send out, like, a, a star? Or not really a star. It's, like, a, a star searcher. It's, like, a a telescope. A giant telescope that orbits around this whatever space. Trying to find planets that are habitable. I found... Oh, I found plenty of... Uh... I didn't know that this was a thing. I found plenty of those planets that you were talking about. In, uh, it says in the circumstellar uh, habitable zone. And it, and the first one that comes up is Helpler or 186F, which might be the one that you're talking about, but there's yes. a lot of Kelplers. I think that's like, the there's one. literally hundreds. Is this one um, red? Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Then, yeah. Um, 
Well, I'll pull it up and see if I can see anything on it. You know, uh, Kepler uh, 186F is a uh, exoplanet orbiting the red dwarf uh, Kepler 186, about 500 light years from Earth. Oh my gosh. It is the first planet with a radius smaller to Earth to be discovered in the habitable zone of another star. So, which that's very interesting. Yeah. So we found many of these habitable planets, habitable planets, but we don't have the technology to be able to get there. At least we don't think. Well, not yet. I I would I would assume. Not yet. Yeah. Um, or else we, the Russians, us. I don't really know who would have this this info, but. We would probably already be there, gone out of this place, it, especially since it's. But its distance to Earth is five exactly, or somewhat exactly, is five hundred and fifty-seven point seven light years. Which, goodness gracious, that is a lot. And it's it's a year is one hundred and thirty days long, uh, you know, and it's uh, only four uh, four thousand six hundred and thirty-one miles. Miles, you know, uh, radius, that's the radius. But, you know, enough on that. It's, I think that, you know, if we ever get the uh, the ability to travel this place, I feel like we would have already found more suitable homes. Um, but, you know, at this point in time, this is probably one of the most suitable ones that's come up to my knowledge. I haven't really done too much research on this. Um, if anything, Dayton's more of an expert. Even though we are both just amateurs, don't get any ideas guys we're not experts but you know i know dayton's done a good bit of research and i'm looking up uh looking up some facts too right now um you know just to keep it going and uh dayton do you have anything more on that yes so could you tell them like what stars there are or suns i should say oh do you mean it's it's sun it's sun is Is yeah it's a red dwarf Yes, but could you, like, look up more suns? Because I think there's another planet that's habitable in a different sun. Oh. So, like, oh, there, okay, okay. there are red Yeah, dwarfs. there is literally so many. Um, If I just, I can keep scrolling. Actually, no, it stops at a point, but there's at least, like, I would say 20, something like that. I'm not counting here, but, you know, something like that. Uh, would you, uh, Do you want me to go to, like, the second one down or something? Yes. Or just find one that looks a lot like Earth. Oh my gosh. A lot of these look a lot like Earth. I'll find one that looks like Earth. The yeah, the second one over here. Warf Star is a little bit. It's red. Um, t- uh, so there is now TOI uh, 700D. This is TOI 700D is an exoplanet, likely rocky, orbiting TOI 700. A red dwarf star, another one. Um, uh, 101.4 light years away. Ooh, this one's a lot closer. I mean, that's still uh, measured in light years. But, you know, still, that's still an insane amount. How far is Mars from Earth? Mars from Earth? Yes. Okay. It's definitely not. It's definitely not a light year at all. 
Oh, it's only uh, it's a one hundred. I was about to say it's only one hundred and sixty-eight point forty-five million miles. That's still Which very kind of covered. Yes, that's still very very far, but it's compared to light years, that's it's nothing. I mean, if you really think about it, light years is so much. And uh, let me, I'll keep reading on this planet here. Um, exp- uh, the exoplanet is the first Earth-sized exoplanet in the habitable zone discovered by the uh, tr- uh, transiting exo uh, exo planet survey satellite test. Well, I've heard about test. It's a ve- I'm pretty sure it's a very interesting thing. It has been estimated that the planet receives about 86% of the energy that Earth receives from the sun. It is discover- It was discovered in January of 2020 by the transiting uh, exoplanet survey satellite test. It, um, you know, and also, it was discovered by Emily Gilbert, uh, discovery date the 3rd of January, 2020. Um, there's a lot of other interesting thing here. Uh, interesting things here. There's TOI 700, which is its star. I'll look in that in a second. It's temperature, though. Oh, my God. I, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I, it's pretty hot at a, uh, whopping 268.8 Kelvin. Um, which I don't really know how to, uh, change Kelvin to Fahrenheit, even if that's possible. But, uh, but its sun is, uh, TOI 700. It's a red dwarf, 101.4 light years away from Earth, located in the Dorado, uh, constellation that hosts TOI 700D, the first Earth system. Um, what else? It's, uh, it's a red dwarf. It is a, uh, it's distance. We already figured that out. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, so its know. age is apparently 1.5 GYR. Uh, I don't know what that stands for. Uh, I'll click on this. Oh. Well, uh, it's apparently 10 to the power of 9, which is apparently a billion. Um, so it's really old, but... But for probably a sun, it's probably not. Um, you were going to say something, Dayton? Yeah, can you tell us about the red dwarf star? It's temperature. Oh, it's temperature. I understand. Uh, let me go back here. Its temperature is rated at 340, uh, 3,480, uh, plus the underscore on it. I don't really know. Uh, 135 Kelvin, which I think it's also doing the thing between it as a, I think it's a plus and minus. I think it's just as a between this. I, uh, but yeah, its temperatures is 348,000, uh, and for, uh, 304, uh, 3,480,000, uh, Kelvin. So, I would, uh, it's pretty hot, <laughs> uh, as it so be, is the sun, but, uh, is there anything on that? No, I was just wondering. Okay, yeah. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Or would you like me to continue? So, are there any other habitable planets? Oh, 100%. I will... Yeah. There is... So... Oh, there's so many. Um, let me go back here. And okay, what so... And are the sizes of these planets? Two, Come four, six, eight, uh, 10, 12, 14, 
There's 28 more. And what is the one... Are there any bigger or smaller than Earth? It's kind of hard to tell here. Um, I just... I'm counting what it shows me here. Um, I'll look and, you know... Oh, yeah, there's uh, HD uh, 40307G. That is a good bit bigger than Earth, I would you know, me assuming, I would say it's on, like, I don't know, Saturn, Jupiter. Um, uh, HD 40307G is an exoplanet orbiting in the habitable zone of HD 40307, which I've also realized that um, planets, I'm pretty sure what they're doing is they're naming the sun, and then planets get a letter added on for whatever planet it is. But anyways... It is located 42 light years away in the direction of the southern uh, coastal, coastal constellation Pictor. Uh, its gravity is uh, 13.97. Uh, I'm guessing. I can't really read that. But um, yeah, its distance to Earth is 42 light years with a radius of 9,000. 9, Okay, 9,461 miles. Um, yeah, in the orbital period, so like it's a uh, year, I'm pretty sure, is one, uh, 198 days with the temperature. Okay, there's... How is the Goldilocks zone list? Its temperature is at 277.6, so I don't think that we'll have to be living there, but, you know, it would probably better than... You know, I'll look up Mars in a second here, and... Mars is probably a lot hotter, and there's so many more. Um, and I'll just quickly skim through them, see if there's uh, any. Oh my gosh, this one has an orbital period of 12 days. Mm-hmm. I'll see if there's any that is, you know, something that I would Very assume safe. that that would be. Ooh, this one's 12 light years away from Earth. It is Captain uh, B. It is an exoplanet that orbs within the habitable zone of the red. Uh, red. Uh, Wubworth Captain Star, approximately uh, 12, uh, 12.8 light years from Earth. Uh, Captain V is within uh, the estimated habitable zone of its star. Distance to Earth, 12.79 light years. Radius is uh, uh, 600,000. Wait, what? No. It's 6,341.1 miles. Orbital period of 49 days. So that's your entire year there. Um, with a temperature of 205 Kelvin. Which is looks here. Either it's negative 68 to, uh, degrees Celsius. And negative 91 degrees Fahrenheit. Or it's just 91 degrees Fahrenheit. That's its average temperature. Um, and... You know, there, uh, you know, nothing I've seen here is anything compared to Earth and how perfect it is. I mean, none of these have just walk outside temperatures, I would say. Um, this one's probably a bit better at, this is Galice 357D. This is an exoplanet considered to be a super Earth within the uh, cumulostellar habu- uh, habit- habitable stone. Uh, habitable zone of its parent star. The planet orbits G1, uh, I mean GJ357 uh, 
It is 30, uh, one, it is 31 light years from our solar system, not from us, but from our solar system. So, I guess technically from us, it doesn't really matter. Um, the system is a part of the Hydra constellation. The planet was discovered by TESS, again, uh, TESS team, and announced in July of 2019. Um, its orbitable period, uh, aka its year, is 56 days. Um, you know, its temperatures are around, what, 10 degrees Fahrenheit. But, you know, back uh, to get off of that subject... You know, Dayton, unless you have anything more to add. Do you have anything more to add? Yeah, to get off that subject, because we've been talking about that for, let me see here. Ooh, no, uh, staggering 23 minutes. Um, which, you know, it's been an interesting talk, but, you know. Um, uh, we're probably going to record two today, but that's beside the point. Um, what is the point, though, is, you know, we have, uh, not only... There's probably aliens somewhere out in the out in the universe, and just to wrap it up, I mean, no matter what we do, there's there's a chance there's a chance um, that we will encounter them at one point. Um, you know, you know, it probably isn't gonna happen in our lifetime. Anyone that's listening to this, unless you're what a hundred years in the future. But, you know, something like that. But, anyways, um, there, uh, like, things like, uh, Dayton, remember anything that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Um, let's start off with topic of, like, what we think of, like, how the Earth is, how the Earth is right now, and, like, things like that. So, just to start it off, uh, Dayton, if you have anything, just, you know, it's completely fine if you cut in, it's fine. Um, but just to start it off, like, uh, I believe in God, and, you know, it's fine if you don't, it's fine, it's whatever. It's just, this is going to be, like, a part of this conversation here. So, I just wanted to, you know, make sure you guys know and, like, stuff like that. Um, Dayton, I'm not gonna speak for you, but, you know, uh, I'm... I'm decently sure you uh, you believe in God yes. too, yes. as in Christianity or something like that. I don't yes. know. Yeah. So basically, what we're thinking is like um, the Earth is like we were thinking like stuff like I'm oh saying like that, but um, the Earth is going to like we were talking about being we're talking here for about, a long time. And it's been here for a while. And how it started off. Yeah. And, like, the way it started off. And, like, so we were thinking, like, you know, if if anyone is a believer in uh, the Bible, Christianity, whatever, whatever. As long as you have, as long as we're talking about the same God somewhat. um, So most things will match up. Uh, You know... In, a, in general, like, it's kind of hard and mind-blowing to think about um, the things like how the how the universe came to be because, you know, did I, did I mention that we're in and, you know, there's been so many theories and people are so smart and, like, things like um, before all of this. And, you know, there is an actual explanation, like, but, like, there is no explanation of how because, you know, the Big Bang and stuff like that. 
um, so if I'm not mistaken, and I, there's a good chance I am, but you know, the world all started out as, or everything started out as just wow. one thing that could, if I'm not mistaken again, um, that could fit on the head of a pencil, and uh, for reasons that I'm pretty sure science does not know yet, um, these uh, this thing that is the that was just compressed into the head of a pen or pencil whatever compressed into that small that was the entire universe at that point just started to rapidly expand and it it started with a lot of temperatures and the temperature would rise so much um kind of insanely uh but you know the temperatures rise and things like that happened and you know i think this is a the re- main reason of this is mostly because of God, and I think you know at some point he was just like he start he started that, and it's fine if you guys don't agree, but I think he started and he put that down. Uh, just if, um, I think he just started the chain reaction because if you know science can explain it, so you know, I I I believe that that's what's happened, and so uh, to my knowledge, this uh, this thing started to grow rapidly with temperatures hotter than imaginable um many times hotter than the sun just started to rapidly expand and stuff things started you know hitting each other and you know i'm, I'm no uh i'm no like rock science or anything like that but you know this is my understanding of it and you know if you if i'm wrong please correct me or something um you know it's good to learn more and stuff like that but Overall, I think that's what happened. Um, and basically, that, uh, that just started to grow rapidly. And that's basically the start of the universe. I'm not going to explain it all, but, you know, I think that's basically what started it. And, you know, another thing is, is along that line, um, the, uh, like, you know, it all had to start from something. And, you know, if you don't believe in God, you know, this might have happened to you, but, you know, when people say, like, when people don't believe in God and stuff like that, and they believe in, you know, the art of science, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in God and stuff, but I also believe that, you know, some stuff, uh, happened because, and because of science and stuff like that, you know, and I think a lot of this was mostly because, like, things like, uh, let's say, the, me and Dayton were talking earlier about, like, you know, how um, humans came to be. And, you know, it says, uh, and here and stuff like that, but, you know, my beliefs of it is, uh, we have, uh, God placed down stuff on Earth and just, like, or he just, you know, he started the universe. Because there's nothing, if you can't explain something, then, I mean, really, there's no other option than, you know, to go with God because, if there's no, there, you can't go back that far, and, you know, the only thing that makes somewhat sense, at least to me, um, is that God started it, and, you know, things along that line, uh, Dayton, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, for all I know, we've been on the world for, what, a couple billion, no, million years, right? Or, mm-hmm. well, how did we start? Like, how did we develop? Did he place two humans on the world, or one? 
or did we come from a different life source that evolved into us, what we know now? Like, Mm -hmm. what I was thinking earlier was, like, we had, I was saying, our normal could be a different, our normal is not normal to aliens, what we call aliens, but the aliens could think we're aliens, you know? So, Mm -hmm. they could live different. It's a lot of perspective, but go on. So, let's say, well... We must have had a start. We must have had a beginning. And as don't know who quote this, but all things must come to an end. So it's like Earth and us probably will end someday. Mm-hmm. So God put us on this earth. For us to live our life, let's say, and then create more of human kind, and then end. So, did he like. So, he must have been in this thing of nothingness and then decided to start placing civilizations and planets. Mm-hmm. So, and you know it. Oh well, keep going. Keep going. You go. Okay. Um. Uh. You know. Uh. Funnily enough. Funnily, um. But funny enough, there is. Uh. An episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and I remember this from when I was like really little, and I was watching it. And there's an episode where Squidward or whatever goes back in time, and he has a time machine, and you know it's actually turned into quite a me- a meme actually, but. You know, is somewhere around that episode, he goes to this area that is so long gone that you, the words that he speaks, like, writes down in front of him, and it repeats, and other people repeat whatever he says, but there's no one there. It's just white space. There is no horizon. There is no box. There is nothing. It's just white. And, you know... And, you know, there's nothing that we can say. There was no, we can, to my knowledge, there's no, there's nothing that says we, we don't know anything that started off God. All, all I know is, you know, he's been here forever. And, but stuff like that. And like, in the grand scheme of things, to my extent of knowledge or what I believe, I think that really, Everything in the universe right now is quite young. And a billion years, a trillion, a quadrillion. You know what? A, uh, what is it? A duplex, a suplex or something like that? A, go- a Googleplex. A Googleplex of, of time has passed. And a Googleplex, if you guys know what a Google is, a Googleplex is like 10 times that or whatever it is. Um, but a Googleplex of times past and in the grand scheme of things, like to us, that is such an uncomprehendable amount of time. You can't comprehend it. We will never live that. We cannot understand that. And it's all from this perspective, but I don't think we can't understand that. So I believe that since the universe is constantly growing, and that's what at least science has taught me, I may be mistaken, but 
you know, the universe is still growing rapidly at an infinite rate. So in the grand scheme of things, right now, we're in the young part of the universe. Just like yeah. right now, technically, America's uh, super young compared to every other country. It's compared to England. Compared to, to Egypt, for all I care. But, you know, we're still in the young part of it, even if it seems like the old part. Um, it seems like, like it's been forever, but it's really been like, compared to how long it's been in general, mm-hmm. it's mostly like a, it's a tiny bit of that. We've been around, yeah. humankind, I'm just gonna, I don't know the exact number, but I'm gonna guess we've been around for well over 100,000 years. Uh, not to, you know, say something, but like, I, I would assume a bit higher number just because of times of ancient Greece and stuff when we weren't even counting that. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Mesopotamia, which is one of the earliest um, known one, they had a system of calendar, but I don't think that it recorded here. But, you know, I may be mistaken and sorry to cut you off. So I guess I'll just say well over, what we'll say, half a million years, maybe a million years. But yeah. um, we, uh, a single human, only lives up to about, what, 80, maybe 90, maybe 100. Mm-hmm. But we don't live long enough to comprehend how many t- how many years and months and days have gone past we might count a year what 365 days yeah and then what the earth's been around for what that times however many mm-hmm. So, if we're trying to, like, figure out how this started, there's really no way of knowledge that we could find out how Earth has began or will end. Because mm-hmm. there's been so many years already. So... We really only go back to what about dinosaur time or a little bit before that. I, I uh, not to cut you off or something, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe that you're even around for a lot of the dinosaurs. Oh no, I'm, I'm saying we only have knowledge about that far. Yeah, yeah. So what happened before that time? How do And like you said, we don't know. I mean, for all we know, it could have been. It. I, I'm actually at a loss here because it, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. And like, we do not know. And and we probably will yeah. never know. I'm. I wouldn't say never, uh, but at the way that we're destroying there, probably. <laughs> um. And uh, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now, but like, like we were saying earlier, the Earth is gonna come to an end at some point. But we're speeding that up. We're 
Our Earth is so screwed. And you know, I was uh, watching. I was watching a class and something about how like. And you know, some people don't even believe in global warming. Which, you know what? I'm just gonna be like, okay, fine, whatever. I can't. I I couldn't care less. I mean, I could care less, but like, you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. And even if you don't believe in global warming, you gotta admit, nothing good is gonna come out of cutting down tree, uh, a bunch of trees. Other then, the only thing that's gonna come good out of that. Is your coffee table, which goodness gracious, why? Then they, you know, I'm starting to get off on a rant here, but like, you're cutting down this tree and then you're gonna make some ugly coffee table you're gonna use for like 30 minutes and then you're never gonna touch again. Yeah. Stuff like that, and it, and it kind of makes me mad that we that we waste the earth as fast as we do and like burning fossil fuels and just all this crap, and, like, even if you, again, if you don't believe in global warming, like, burning fossil fuels, even if you don't believe in global warming, have you seen what that looks like? It's just a a bunch of black smoke being poured out into the atmosphere, and I'm over here in the corner, like, no wonder I had a cough. Like, (laughs) that's not funny, but, you know, in all seriousness, we're not taking stuff seriously. And we also destroy faster than we rebuild, you know. 100%. So, um, trees don't grow to- faster than we cut them down. Yeah. We could cut down 100 trees. Maybe 20 years later, 30 years, that tree will be maybe half the size of the tree we cut down to make houses for us live. What about those animals that we killed or whatever took down their habitat from breaking that tree where are they gonna live and if they die it's, it causes a chain reaction like something else is gonna die mm-hmm. yeah and then it's uh, going eventually there'll be no meat or no plants or too much of something that kills us yeah and it's not even like it's gonna happen immediately I mean I hate this actually pains me to say this. We're exaggerating. I mean, not exaggerating on how badly the earth is getting ruined, but exaggerating on how fast it's gonna kill us. It's gonna kill us fast, but it's gonna be yeah. like through the maybe. span of ten generations, which to yeah. the earth, that's maybe one second. Like but you'll and you can even see today so many animals have been displaced and like it's kind of painful to see all of this go down and you you can do nothing unless you're Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos you don't excuse me <laughs> um, you don't have enough money to do anything and even even at Jeff Bezos level well Jeff Bezos is plenty rich to do something it's just it's his money so you know humans are greedy and you know what that's me that's me being a hypocrite humans in general are greedy i'm greedy you know and i'm not gonna put words in anybody else's mouth but like humans are pretty greedy and 
stuff like that. And you know, and you know when you're re- like really, really young, and you'll hear stuff about how the economy's crashing, and you'll think, well, why don't we just get rid of money or something like that? You know, and then you get older and you realize. I'm working for this so bad. I'm working so hard. I'm working my entire life just to get money so I can have maybe five, ten years off. And then those ten years are spent me being frugal because I didn't get enough money when I was younger. And it's just this chain cycle, and there's no fix to it. I mean, what can you really do? And you know, and it's 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 kind of painful to watch. And you know, uh, like I was saying, when you're younger, you think maybe we can get rid of money, but when you think about it, that just doesn't work. And it won't ever. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, you need to have some sort of, we'll say, there, trade to be able to live. Cause... Yeah, because people will get greedy, and they'll say. Oh well, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna bake bread, if I'm gonna be a farmer, then and you're gonna be a baker, well then I want ten loaves of bread. But the farmer's only making ten worth, uh, ten loaves worth of uh, wheat, which of course he's probably not. But you get what I'm saying, and you know, it's it's something like that, and you know, they and it's completely fine if you cut me off over here. Because, you know, I like to keep the talking interesting and mixed up. But, you know, there isn't too much we can do other than try to clean up our mess. People, goodness gracious, have you guys looked at the, at the garbage patch? Like, and that one, gar- that one garbage barge that was stuck at sea trying to figure out a place that could dump garbage, that's what went famous. But you know what didn't go famous? The twenty billion, yeah, quadrillion other garb, uh, barge, garbage, uh, garbage barge-sized pieces of garbage floating around in the ocean. Um, so much other stuff, and it's just that we don't realize it, and the people that really do care, they realize it. Yeah, 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 they do. We all realize it. But we only realize half of it. Not even half. We realize mm, a third. We And it's not even that we don't realize. Somebody realizes. It's that they we just don't care. It's a matter of our lives as well. Because if all this trash mm-hmm. is being dumped and there's more trash than we can take care of, the earth would just get like it might end early if because of that trash and then mm-hmm. the trash might pollute so much and pollute and pollute that it's just that we can't live on earth anymore but then it's not like we have the technology to go to a different planet to be able to live well we we do have the technology to go to a different planet but the problem is, we don't have a te- the technology to go to one of the good planets. We have the technology to go to maybe Mars. But guess what? A, we haven't gone there yet, uh, other than rovers. B, um, it's not habitable. You have to wear a helmet at all times. And to my knowledge, I don't think there's oxygen. And C, 
it's not Earth. You can't replace it. There is nothing better that I've seen with my eyes than Earth than any other planet. Not any. There's definitely bigger, but it's too hot. There's definitely there's definitely other candidates, but the thing is, is that we don't have the we don't have the money, we don't have the technology to even ditch on this planet, even if we wanted to. We can't. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. We don't have anything, and we only have what's in this earth right now. That's all we have, and we're blowing through it like, like so fast, and it's kind of mind-boggling how fast we do it. And you know, it's stuff like we, if we wanted to go, let's say we, you know, and I was thinking a second ago, if we, there, we're, there's a treaty, no dumping. Uh, garbage in space. But you know what? We haven't broken that treaty. But you know what I was thinking? We have. If you guys seen a picture of the Earth now, there's so many satellites. Oh my gosh. It's uh, it's it's disgusting. There are so many satellites and the cost of re-entry or to even bring these satellites back down into Earth so that they can get burned up in the atmosphere, which again, waste of things, but so they can get burned up in the atmosphere... Apparently, it's too much money. And you know what my thought was? If we're going to do this, what if we went to a plant? What if we got a special rocket? And, and it's still kind of messed up. But what if we went to a planet such as Venus or something that's like, there's no way that we're probably ever going to live on Venus. Mars, the moon, stuff that are somewhat habitable. We will not dump anything on there. But things like Venus that aren't habitable, especially now, we're going to pick one spot just in case we ever figure out the technology to make it habitable. And we just need to start dumping our trash there or sling it into the sun. The sun. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Sling it into the sun. But how are we (laughs) going to be able to sling that? Well, exactly. I don't know. Unless we can get a rocket ship, but like, like I said again, somebody must be on that rocket ship to get it over there. But then that's just sacrificing them. It's too hot on the sun. No, but we don't have to get the rocket out to the sun. We have to get the garbage. We could have uh, safe profile. And you know, I'm thinking way too much into this, and you know, I'm starting to argue a bit here. But like, it's just it makes me angry, and I just try to figure out every way possible to save save the earth the way that we're going and it's not gonna be an easy task yeah, it's they, not at all whatever at, at school and stuff they're all over here like whenever you see a piece of trash make sure you throw it away in the garbage can but you know what happens to it then you take it to the landfill and it just gets thrown on the ground there you go then they so, cast some dirt over it and call it a good day it gets littered all over again Exactly. I mean, at least it's in one spot, which, you know, that's not any better. It's not any better for the Earth, but it's still, and, you know, I'm even being greedy right now. We're, we're thinking of how to save the Earth, not so that we can save the Earth itself. The Earth don't have no, but, but so we can save humanity. Yes, we're saving ourselves, which, you know, even doing that, we have to figure out something, and it's just... 
I don't I don't even know. It's it's just a lot and like there isn't too much that we can do, but we have to figure out something. And uh, no matter what we figure out, we gotta keep trying. And the ocean, stop killing all the turtles, uh, turtles people. Yeah, turtles are like nice. Turtles are my like, favorite uh, animal. Paper straws. Not, and again, back to pollution. We have too many, too much plastic. And really, when plastic's made, it's hard to get rid of. Unless you yep. burn it, but then that makes a toxic fume. And burning all of our plastic would probably kill most of us because of the fumes. Yeah, just the fumes themselves. Goodness gracious. And they're made out of like oil and stuff. It's just so bad for the environment. But it's so gosh darn cheap. Which, like I said, humans are greedy. Gotta admit, we all are a bit. But there's a point that you have to stop. Yeah, but thinking about it, that might take a that might be hard for humans to stop being greedy. It's in our nature and our blood well, to it's not even the want something I'm, or I'm need something. It's not even the greediest I'm too concerned about. It's it's the fact that like <sighs> people that try to clean up the ocean, it's like you can try and try and try to clean up the ocean. And the funniest part is you'll succeed. You'll you'll clean up a good bit, yeah. You know, there's there's been a project out there that's like uh, one pound of garbage you buy, one bracelet, and then you then they clean one oh, pound yeah. of garbage per bracelet that they're sold. But guess what? We're you still get... too greedy enough to even Jeff Bezos needs to get involved. And like I've been, I mentioned him once or twice. Man's the richest. Uh, he's the richest on the earth. He's the owner of Amazon, which, goodness gracious, it's Amazon we're talking about here, folks. It's, like, Amazon is big. What are they? Really big. A multi-billion or is it trillion dollar company? They're, well, I think they're probably at trillion, but no no one's a trillionaire, which doesn't mean business can't be. But, like, yeah, it's just so, so tiring to have to do this, but... He has weight. He, he, if, and he doesn't have to spend all his money. But if he, he, he well, he's Amazon CEO. He could, Amazon could help out, and then they can get publicity themselves. They could get money from. They could earn more money just because they helped out a little bit. They say, "Oh, we're making drones or something that picks up garbage out of the water," and yeah, I'm like. But there's so much stuff that we could do, but we we can't. We don't. Then. The more things we make, is the more pollution, because you know these whatever fossil fuel thing companies making gas for our cars and for other things. They're the electric, like you know. Maybe just making electric cars might help a little bit. Like, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into greenhouse gases. Yeah. So if there Pretty are tough. so many whatever gases in the, the earth that keep the earth cool or hard enough, the atmosphere... If if it gets too hot, we're all 
pretty much gonna burn up and die. But if we get rid of some of those gases that are keeping the heat on Earth like a blanket, we could cancel out like the some of the coal burning and whatever to make energy and start using like like windmills, you know, dams, um, any other atomic energy, atomic energy. The only thing, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that atomic energy creates is a bit of radiation, which you know it's contained, and it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of radiation plants like MIT's. Uh, uh, they have a reactor for scientific tests and stuff, and actually, their reactor is like it, it emits basically zero and. I mean, it emits plenty of radiation, but they dampen it so much. And even, like, you can stand directly above it. And I remember watching a video on it. Um, and, you know, he was standing directly above. He was looking into the pool. The pool where the where the uranium is. And radium, uh, uranium, radium, all that is. And he was completely fine. And he's fine because there was 10 feet of water. But every, like, it's well contained just overall. Um, you know, that's gonna be the future, and the only thing that that creates is steam, which, you know that, I'm pretty sure water is a, another one, a greenhouse gap, but, like, out of the bunch, that is our best option. It probably creates the most amount of energy, um, it is very clean, the only other thing that, is, that can possibly be cleaner is, like, hydroelectric. And everything has their downfall. From windmills to that apparently kill birds, which I doubt that. They have eyeballs. Um, to hydroelectric dams that make it hard for salmon to lay their eggs. But they still have, they found solutions for these. And, you know, even for the salmon one, you can get fish to go straight up if you make like a board and you uh, put some water down the, uh, running down it. They just flop up the board, like literally up, <laughs> and, and they and they live. But they get to the top, and that's the most important part. Um, you know, I think there's lots of solutions, and there's lots of stuff that we can do. And uh, again, like um, I think one of one of the main producers of greenhouse gases. It's not even it's not even the cars. I mean, the cars is definitely a good part. It has to be at least ten percent, but the biggest part is cows and and we and we you know we have cows for me and you know cows are free they make milk even though we're not supposed to digest that they make hamburgers yes Uh, even if you're vegan don't get mad at us uh lots of people like me sorry that yeah sorry that you don't anyways um it's just like just with that, and you know, they're they they're, they're uh, excuse this, but their farts actually are what make a farts and burps and stuff like that gas yes. that comes from them is makes up a lot of the uh, greenhouse gases. What is this? A lot of it. What is this gas called? Seventy. What? The gas they admit, I guess. I think it's methane. Methane, yes. Methane gas it to be methane. is the main reason why the earth is this is also going to global warming 
the yeah. methane gases are taking the heat and kind of like a blanket, you know, when we're laying in bed, mm-hmm. blanket, watching TV, doing whatever. It's keeping the heat in so we don't get too cold. So I guess it's helping, but it's also not because it's keeping too it's, much it's... heat in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's 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 it helps us and we need it, but the levels that it's at, not what we want. So, and you know, they say scientists say that two degrees, the like uh, about two hundred years, two hundred a hundred years ago, there was a scientist that uh, ordered that there would be a test to see how much temperatures has rise. And even back then, they knew somewhat. They knew somewhat. They didn't know what impact it was gonna have. They knew what impact it was going to have, but, like, it wasn't as bad back then. And, but they they said temperatures, if temperatures rise, there's a treaty, actually, but they said, they said if temperatures rise above two temperatures, I mean, two degrees, global, global, that's a lot of, so much. If temperatures of two degrees rise globally, we will it's it's bait it's almost irreversible and it's really 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 bad and like it's catastrophic bad like mass extinction stuff like that like i'm still thinking like it is we are halfway and there's a treaty out there that's the two degrees, uh, two degrees treaty or something like that. And they every time the spaceship is launched, a uh, car comes comes out or something like that. I don't know. Uh, every time a spaceship is launched, anything like national, especially, they make sure with this treaty that is okay, that it is okay, and it won't affect the environment as as badly. And if these, and if we go up by two degrees, we are more than screwed. So, and you know, just to put it in perspective, if I'm not mistaken, um, the ocean absorbs like a thousand atomic bombs, yeah, like the ones that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like a thousand of those, like every day or every second or every hour, something like that. And that is insane. And we are already a t- uh, one degree up. And one degree doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. It is a ton. Because if... The one degree can impact us a lot. Because it's not just one degree in your area. It's everywhere. Alright. So, let's just say... Go back to the gases. The gases could keep holding the whatever the the heat in from the sun yeah and global warming impacts us a lot because it makes us either whatever heat up or melts a lot of the ice which yeah and sea, sea levels rise again yes sea levels rise which causes flooding flooding causes people to what pass away and then homes and stuff ruined and then there you go there's more trash and stuff in the sea because of the floodage because yeah and more money spent to repair 
and then that causes some people to be more greedy and then cows let's go back to cows the meat we eat comes from mostly cows chickens whatever but those cows will create more gases unless we do something either about the cows or about what they are eating if yeah you know and uh, you know and i heard something about they uh, a actual farmer was testing uh, feeding his cows different things to save money, to save money, which would work in a good thing for us. He was testing things to save money, and he realized that his farm actually smelled a lot better when he tried uh, using seaweed. It's a special and type of seaweed. Not there was, but when he tried using seaweed in general, just regular old seaweed. His, his farm started to smell better. So he got a scientist come, uh, to come out and test the air and test, um, you know, cow droppings and stuff like that to test for methane levels. And they, they did many different types of seaweeds and many different things. And they realized that red seaweed is actually probably more cost-effective and, and, listen for this, it reduces the amount of methane in the air. Which, which methane, once again, is what's causing a lot of global warming issues. So if we even decide to use less money, less money, and you know, and I, um, I, would, I would imagine that these cows, and they actually dropped the cow's uh, production of, uh, what's it called? A, uh, of methane. Uh, down to near zero, around one percent or some, or point nine percent or something like that, um, and this is an insane discovery because, you know, it. To be completely honest here, the you know everyone loves the great taste of beef. You know, well not everybody, but you know a good bit of people, and you know, e uh e, you know, e grass fed cows and cows that are fed different things probably taste different. And, you know, feeding them red seaweed, well, even if it may be better for us, you know, it it's not going to taste the exact same, but it's still going to taste like beef because it is beef. And there cannot be that much differential. So I think that we should try to switch to this because this can affect us so greatly. And if, let's say we took even one, the a state that is the lead producer in meat, if we just took that one state and... Uh, made them completely just like start using red seaweed as 90% of their feed uh, by law this could make a this could make a humongous difference yes. and you know there's going to be some people out there that are selling regular grass fed beef but the good will probably outweigh the bad and I think this will just help tremendously uh, what do you think about that Dave? Yes, I actually, I do agree with that, but I want to come up with something else because, you know, we're feeding seaweed, but you said, not to say anything, but you said that it would be cheaper for the seaweed, but I doubt that mm-hmm. because then more people are going to have to get different jobs trying to get the seaweed 
and the yeah. cows. And then, and then just that would probably cost more money and stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's just say grass grows everywhere. Seaweed grows ocean, right? The grass is probably cheaper, but it will whatever make the methane production of yeah I don't really know how to well, say that well grass fed cows not oh, not well, sorry to cut you off there but grass fed cows not the, most farmers have to probably plant plant that and you know to have grass fed cows you have to have a lot and i mean a lot of land because not only will they be um, you know leaving droppings on the ground and stuff like that that they can't eat there anymore you you have to keep it a lot of land because of the pure fact that you know there is a chance of what's it called um there's a chance of like you will run out of grass and like you know they have to pay for grass seed and i think a lot of grass but you know and it's grass fed cows i would i would assume i'm not some beef expert but i don't think a lot of cows are grass fed and they're fed corn or something because you know it makes them taste good but it has a but it's it's gonna be the second best option um than just having them graze on whatever you have scraps of for example like corner like uh like something else and like um uh, for something like that and so you know i think a lot of the cows and like the way that then the things that they eat it dictates like you know how much they cost and another thing on inflation and stuff for if we were to start using red seaweed um like if we were to, if we were able to like get a um a uh, option of like if we could find farms and stuff like that to um make the production of seaweed cost effective and more or less as much as you would cost to throw them out the scraps um i think that that would definitely benefit uh and you know you agree i know you agree that um it will benefit us to use that but uh but you were also saying the cost would rise because of demand and you know the cost would rise because of demand but if we could keep uh the amount that we make and uh, up to a thing and you know and have federally run uh what's it called uh federally run things uh that make the seaweed or grow them in like the farms of probably uh, tanks and stuff if we could do that then you know i i would assume that that would um be very cost effective and you know especially since they're federally run uh federally run that they could help and do a lot of things for us you know and overall i that's what i think of that and you know like you were saying it's it, demand will definitely rise and so will cost if demand rises but um if we can take control of production of it it will be a good idea to mine uh i think it will be a good idea and it will definitely work um 
to an extent. And, you know, I, I said only one steak. And, you know, I only said, like, maybe even a half, uh, like, just a couple states that are the lead producers in cows. And then everyone else just has regular. But, you know, the people would probably move. But if we get a a law that prohi- uh, that prohibits the, uh, the feeding of of less than, let's say, 70%, uh, like, something like they 50-50, cause even if they do find a way to feed them something other than, uh, red, uh, red seaweed, if we could figure out a way to do something like 50-50 so that, you know, uh, emissions will be cut down by 50%, uh, or something along those lines, um, and we will also just think and keep demand down so prices will gouge. So it will be a nice thing for farmers. And, you know, we could also have aid from the government, even though the government's already probably broke. Um, but we could have aid from the government to pay for red seaweed because it is a law. Uh, but, yeah. So let's go back to the cars electricity so and transportation in general so like airplanes and stuff they take really expensive gas that is hard to i guess not really hard to make but it's it's polluting because if you if you look in the sky every day you'll just see an airplane fly past usually depends where you are but you'll see an airplane and you see it leave sometimes leave this trail of like white cloud that's mm-hmm. probably one of the gases that contributes to global warming and then a car if you go behind where the exhaust pipe is and you smell that that nasty whatever you might like it but that smell that's <laughs> um, another thing to methane or not methane but a gas a certain gas I think it's carbon dioxide or something like that but it's a gas that yeah contributes to global warming. So if we could just figure out mm. another way to like it might be more expensive, but you know how Tesla is doing electric cars or yeah yeah and uh, California stopped the production of regular cars uh, and uh, only has the production of electric. So electric cars and what we'll say electric. Anything else electric might be a little bit better than anything gas because it's not letting off that carbon dioxide, methane, whatever gas that contributes to global warming. It's not admitting that. It's burning electricity, which doesn't cause radiation or something. Uh, burning electricity causes like heat, which isn't yeah. technically. Yeah. I and you know. There's all types of radiation. I'm no expert, but, you know. Um, so, uh, if we just lower down that production of gas, vehicles, transportation, and make it electric, then maybe we will help a little more about that global warming. Because we could feed the cows the green stuff, the green seaweed. But maybe we'll need to use, like, ships to get out in the middle of the ocean to collect this seaweed. So maybe we can make that ship that was once gas electric. And then now it's kind of contributing, like, a cycle. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but and you know, as long as we figure out a way to not burn fossil fuels to power these cars, I think that's very cost effective and I think it's a very good idea. And you know, that will definitely if we can get the emissions of that down to I would say ten percent of what it is now, that will definitely be a game changer in the uh, eyes of global warming. Uh, things like that, and I think that will definitely help. So, yeah. Um, so we might change the topic, come back a little bit. Um, our next topic is probably going to be our last topic. But you know, what do we think that technology is helping with quarantine, uh, COVID, uh, and other worldly problems? Technology is contributing to this a lot to keep us sane. One. Two, to keep us <laughs> engaged in what is happening around the world. Because Corona, right? COVID-19 is a virus that's been going around for what? A year, two years now? About. But. I would say about a year, yeah. That virus is, we could say, the least of our problems. Not really, but it's a big deal but there's a lot of other things that are bigger deals so COVID yeah uh, but I wouldn't say a lot of other things that are bigger deals uh, to my knowledge uh, um, more than 500,000 yes. people died of the COVID uh, COVID thing but, so you know let's go back to I'm just gonna say something about global warming all of us could die if global warming happened so it is yeah so let's covid corona it's a really uh you cut out i couldn't hear you a lot of people are passing away because of this and i guess technology contributes to it to help us figure out vaccines, which you heard we have a vaccine that you need to take two doses, but it's contributing to making a vaccine that makes it easier to live through COVID or not get COVID. But technology also contributes to helping with, I guess, not spreading it. Like, we're talking masks, or masks. We wear them on our face to not get this virus or to not spread the virus. That's a part of technology that is helping us through COVID. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. And, you know, there's other things like, um, you know, uh, suits that have a lot of technology in them that can, you know, protect uh, doctors and stuff. And another thing is, I think things like Zoom, and I've covered this in a previous podcast, but I think like Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams and things like that are definitely helping with uh, lowering the amount of, uh, you know, uh, directly touching and talking to people. Um, without, you know, like, taking precautions like that. And 
and I think that's definitely helping a lot. And uh, you know, in Zoom itself is is a pretty big collaboration, and you know, they're helping with teaching. So is Microsoft Teams, and you know, everyone I think is trying to do their part somewhat to uh, to help around because you know. This is a pretty big thing. It's uh, worldwide. It's not just our country. It's everywhere. And I mean, there's probably some places that haven't even heard of COVID. Don't have anything, but yeah. And I, I, technology is also helping us, you know, like you said, keep us up to date and keep us in the know of things that's happening around our world and things like uh, uh, Hong Kong and stuff like that. And, you know, I think it's really, really helping um, with all of that. Um, yeah, and, the, it, you know, and it's, even if it's not helping, it certainly can't hurt, which I'm, I'm pretty sure it's helping. But, I guess yeah, it definitely can't hurt. When you say technology, they think of video games or the latest phone or the latest computer, you know, but technology is not only that. Technology is the the glasses you wear, the clothes you wear. That's also technology. Yeah, I can definitely see that. You know, they were made by, t- by technological things. And, you know, basically... A lot of things is technology. Yeah, if it has any wires in it, it's technically technology. Please don't mind my definition of it. But, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I it has it's helping. And we recorded a whopping 80 minutes uh, today. But, um, you know, we might even record another one. That's a really good podcast, but, uh, you know technology this we're recording this and you guys are hearing this on technology right now so it just goes to show uh how big it is and like how important and stuff and um you know how influential technology can be and how helpful um yeah overall uh i'm just hoping you guys stay safe uh but you know Technology also helps us a lot. Yeah. It helps us a lot with, like, problems we have in our everyday life. Or, you know, some people are born without an yeah, arm definitely. or a leg or maybe a finger or can't really hear or see. Technology is helping people do these things that they weren't able to do. So... Um, like, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, and there's been so many technological advancements, and like you said, it's helping people with disabilities, things that people cannot do, and I, I, I just think that, you know, overall, technology it's helped us in so many ways, not just COVID, not just stuff like that. And some people diss technology over their phones. And it's stuff like that. You know, not everybody, you know, people don't, you know, change is scary. But, you know, it can be good, it can be great. You know, if you're older, you know, change can be scary, especially for technology. 
because you know you can lose money. The te- technology also has a bad side. You know, you can, um, but it's mostly people that are doing this. And, you know, technology, technology. It, there isn't nothing that, I don't think that there's anything that technology has done to people that is 100% technology's fault. Yeah. It has to have human error. Yeah, like, technology is you know, these hands. social medias, I'm not saying, but I go on social media all the time, but people are being, like, whatever, bullied, I guess called cyber bullied, but that's not really, I guess that is something that's contributing to somebody's health. Yeah, but that, but, uh, like I was saying, though, that's that's not it's it's yeah, not it's human. really technology's fault. It's people going because through it's not like robots or. But let's talk about. I'm gonna start talking about robots. Like, you know, our technology of robots is coming really far. Like now we have a robot that a lot of our computers they don't really think like humans, but they but they are a lot of them are smarter than. But it's because a lot of humans that know different things go on it and add stuff to it, like code. You know, you could code something to whenever you ask it a question, it answers. But it's not going to answer with feelings or emotions, you know? Yeah, and even if it did, it would be from code, uh, code that, you know, we wrote in there. And there's no artificial thing for humans that you can't. Oh, sorry about that, but there isn't. There's no replacement. And basically, the whole this whole podcast has been based around. There's no replacement for humans. Basically, I mean, just to sum it up, there's no replacement for humans, and the stuff that humans make can can hurt uh, can hurt us but overall I I would believe it to be good um, no matter what happens yeah we always get back up whether whether at some point we hate each other whether we're in a cold pool, uh which we're not but even if we were No matter what, we all come back together at some point. Let's go back to like to like and get uh, so stand back up. We all but. are here from the same thing, I guess. We all started somewhere. Again, back to our first topic. But it's we all have feelings and we all have emotions. We might not have the exact same thoughts about everything or something, but let's still go back to like, I was talking about like bullying, cyberbullying. That, that is something that is bad about technology because yeah. Because of, definitely. Let's say it's bad 
with technology because people are taking advantage of it and just being rude about it. Definitely. Um, but, you know, I'll start to wrap up here, but... You know, like I was saying, technology from from the beginning of time, the point that we cannot even comprehend. Yeah. We just gotta look out for ourselves. No matter what we hit, and whether it be a virus, whether it be uh, two countries at war, whether it be the world at war, twice. Um, we, we just need to get back up. And we always do. And whether it be that we were basically ending our own world, we can still fix it. And we're, I'm just hoping that we figure something out. And whether it be technology, uh, humans are pretty smart, so we'll figure something out. Whether it be technology that helps us, the thing that we ha- uh, that helps us, or whether it's technology be the thing that destroys us, like an eye robot. Um, real deep, real fast. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't have too many more words. Um, the long podcast was 88, uh, 88 minutes long, perfectly up to this point, before editing, uh, but you know, I'm lazy, so I don't really edit my podcast, I mean, I do, but, you know, yeah, and just to sum it up, we just need to stick together, guys, but no matter, even if we don't, well, even if we don't all vote, vote the same, whether we don't all think the same, whether we don't uh, all believe in the same. We all need to stick together. And we just need to get through this, because I know we will. But, right. yeah, I think that's it. So, thinking we... You guys will probably hear me, see me again. But, yeah. I'm gonna leave and keep on you. Tell them what you need to. Um, yeah, don't leave yet. Uh, it might stop it. Uh, just you know. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for like listening. Uh, this, you know, it meant a lot for you guys to, you know, be here and listen to this. Uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify, we're also on Apple Podcasts, and we're still growing. And, you know, there might be another podcast with Dayton soon, but, yeah. Um, overall, just to wrap it off, we're at 90 minutes. Yes, have a good rest of your day. Yeah. See you. Peace, guys. Peace. I tell you that was, you know, that was a good podcast. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, you know, I got, I was like, like at the end, you know, I was starting to get retirement. It was an hour, thirty minute long podcast. You gotta admit, but, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. 
was a good podcast. Um, I really hope you guys liked it as much as I liked recording it. I mean, I had fun there. And it was all, it was all the topics that we talked about were needed to be talked about and just needed. And so I just really hope that you guys liked it. And like, just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I hope you guys liked Dayton. He's probably going to be in a couple more podcasts like he said in the end. Um, yeah. Without any further ado, though. Peace.